Welcome back to Trader Talk, the podcast that focuses on trading education for beginners and experienced traders. Each episode, we will sit down with a trader to discuss various strategies and tips to improve your edge, as well as the risks associated with trading and investing. Thank you to my sponsor, eToro, for powering this series. eToro makes trading easy by giving quick access to the world's most popular digital currencies with low fees and social trading features in one simple app, allowing you to trade and invest on the go. Hey everyone, welcome back to Trader Talk. Today is episode two. I'm with a good friend of mine, Mr. Junior Lancaster. He is on crypto Twitter and he is a trader that I actually admire. So Junior, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Thank you, Wendy. It's so lovely to be here. Thank you for including me in this. I am truly honored, honestly. Um, my name is Junior Lancaster. It is, yes, as gaudy and strange as it sounds, and it's Junior with a zero, not an O. Um, let's see, I got into crypto at in the fall of 2017, so I was one of that lucky crowd that was able to get right on the train as it was reaching the precipice of the cliff. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a lot of fun. You know, I, I learned a lot. I got into crypto because a friend of mine told me that Bitcoin was going to go to a million dollars. And he basically, when we were out to dinner one night with him and his wife, like pushed me up against the wall and was like, you need to buy this right now for your own good. And so just to appease him, I bought some and some Litecoin. He's like, you're a millionaire now. And I was like, okay, great. Um, Needless (laughs) to say, uh, we had some good times doing some trading until um, uh, Bcash was released on Coinbase. And he talked me into buying that. And um, I'll just let you know now, him and I, we don't talk at all (laughs) anymore. That, That makes sense. So before you got into crypto, did you trade? Or when you got into crypto, you started trading? No, I did not trade. It was something that actually I'd always wanted to do um, ever since like middle school. Middle school, they had us do a project where we all picked out a bunch of stocks and we followed them throughout the whole school year and everything like that. And some of my picks were ESPN Sports, Marvel Comics, all these all these uh, things that I was really interested in them back then. And my teacher actually saw my picks and told me that I was stupid. Really? That's terrible. <laughs> and mind you, um, these are all stocks that have like skyrocketed now. Okay. Um, and then after that, I wasn't really much into it until I was probably in my teens and I was just checking things out, but I never really got into it. And it was only now a couple of years ago that it, luckily I was able to do this and I love it. I really, really do enjoy it. So how, so, okay. So before you got into crypto, you did, you didn't trade at all. So you have a similar story to me because I initially wanted to get into, or get into trading, but I went into like a TD Ameritrade. They're like, okay, you need $25,000. I was like, uh, I'm not giving you $25,000. So I felt kind of like, okay, this is something I can't do. I found Bitcoin, I found crypto, and it was something that I could afford to do. So similar to me. And then you kind of, after you got in, you learned how to trade. So how, how did you learn how to trade? Because trading is not easy. Trading is not easy. Um, how did I get in? Well, I, I found myself in a Discord and that was back during Crypto World News. And very quickly, a lot of my charts, I, I don't know, I was just really lucky at charting, I would say, being as that I really didn't know a lot of uh, the indicators or anything about moving averages or anything like that. And I got lucky and then I learned literally on the job. We were doing 
24-7 streaming of charting uh, Bitcoin on BitMEX and doing trades. And I found myself one of like the one of four guys that were really doing it. We would sit for 24-hour sessions, sometimes 36 hours trading, just sitting there up all night long. And it was phenomenal. It was amazing. But uh, definitely shaved a couple of years off my life for sure. Um, and I just learned as I was going along, um, you know, I had some losses, I had some great wins and 2018 was really spent a lot, was delving into a lot of books and reading and studying and, and going back and using that time to, to really equip myself better for now, which I'm grateful for. So there's, so, so was there specific books? Like how do you, how do you learn personally? Are you a person that likes YouTube or are you a person that needs hands on? Are you a person that reads? Like how, how did you learn? And if also, if you want to recommend, um, drop any of the books or any type of content that kind of helped you get your edge. Yeah. I first started with YouTube just because it was so readily available. Um, and then I was reading investopedia.com and stockcharts.com for general information, but I definitely needed books. I, I've, I'm a really good learner when it comes to books. I need a physical book in front of me that I can flip to and go back and take mm -hmm. notes with. And uh, for me, there was, um, I actually have my bookshelf right next to me. And one of my favorite books is The Elliott Wave Principle. Okay. Um, also a technical analysis of financial markets. Um, technical analysis of stock market profits. I'd say that with those three books to start, you have a great foundation and the pattern site, um, the encyclopedia of stock chart patterns and the Japanese candle six book. Okay. Steve Newsom. So how would you describe like your edge that you use for trading? What kind of separates you from other traders? Um, well, about, I'd say closer to the summer, uh, of last year, uh, I started using HMAs, Hall Moving Averages, and HMAs are the fastest moving averages. And I figure since everyone knows a moving average is a, is a lagging indicator, if you're going to use one, you might as well use the fastest of them. And I use a, a set of four different uh, averages, and I use those for my short-term and long-term analysis. And other technical indicators that I use are um, stochastic RSI, RSI and God mode. Um, God mode. What's that? Yeah. God mode. God mode is a premium indicator on trading view. And I would say that it's kind of like a mix between RSI and MACD with the histogram. Okay. Um, it looks a little complicated to read, but it does give signals for longs, longs and short. But when they coincide with the Stoke and RSI, that's basically when I know you know, something is going to make move in the right direction. Other than that, I am a big believer in counter trading uh, crypto Twitter consensus. Um, I, I find myself on the uh, far end of the stick when it comes out there. Everyone is always bullish and I seem to be bearish and vice versa. And obviously it garners some hate, but, you know, I just let it fuel me. So that's actually an interesting topic um, is that you're talking about counter trading because some people actually do that. They, they see, they kind of gauge sentiment on crypto Twitter. And if everybody is super, super bullish, they'll actually short the market because 
you start to, if you can gauge the sentiment, you can start to see that FOMO or that euphoria. It's kind of an indication that the market, that, you know, buyers are going to stop buying and people are going to start selling. So do you want to kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it's like, I mean, I, I mean, I talked to my mom, my mom knows that I trade and stuff like that. And she sent me, she sent me, um, Oh, she sent me the, the article about Moderna earlier this week. Okay. You know, Moderna being like the, the company that's going to uh, have the vaccine and everything like that and all this stuff. And it's being talked about on TV. And she's like, oh, you should invest in this. It seems like a good idea. <laughs> and I think as we all know, or at least some experienced people now uh, listening know that if you're seeing it on the news or you're seeing it in paper, the move has already happened. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're going to be someone who's going to be buying the top in cases like that. And so when I see a lot of people on crypto Twitter that are pointing for higher highs or, or, or for a drop incoming and everyone seems to be on the same page, everyone seems to be on the same page and have the same perspective and the same outlook or even the same targets, everything. It's just ridiculous. Um, if you just look at life, usually the direction of the crowd's movement is not the direction you want to be in. And it happens with anything, you know, people that join on bandwagons usually join on at the end. Um, This is with everything. And usually when people think that they have it all figured out um, as a group, things go in the opposite direction. And it's something that I've just witnessed in life. I've experienced it myself. And I tend to feel that, it's the best bet, best scenario. Um, it's just like watching CNBC and knowing that every trade that they talk about is probably not going to work out. Right. You and know, and they're telling our- more people, the most people they can, and then the most people they can jump on board and it goes in the opposite direction. So are you saying CNBC is like doing pump and dumps? <laughs> I <kidding>. think that <laughs> I am not even joking. I, the reason why the SEC does not investigate CNBC is because everyone's making money. Probably. I would agree with and that. Same with, same with people in Congress and the, in the executive office, everyone in government, everyone's making money. No one's going to, no one's going to get in trouble as long as everybody's making money. So, and, so would you kind of like, would you kind of classify yourself as more of a sentiment trader or like a pattern trader or like what, what t- or like harmonics? Like what is your, what's your like go-to or what, what's the mix of it? It's literally a mix of everything. Um, You know, if I, if I feel like I'm not getting a good read on something, then I'll try to check out the sentiment and see where things look and, and see if things don't coincide with that. Just pretty much like right now, right now in Bitcoin, I think everyone's pointing for a huge move upwards. And I mean, that's great, but, (laughs) but you're short. (laughs) You know, actually, I, I am not shorting anymore. I've taken all of my all of my uh, Bitcoin, which I actually don't have very much of right now. I sold everything that I had um, in July of last year, June, June of last year. And, you know, I've had very little and I, I don't want to have any money on any nefarious or shysty exchanges anymore. I used to use BitMEX religiously mm-hmm. i tried a whole bunch of the other stand-in exchanges and i never really liked their layouts i never liked how they were, were set up um I, I really did prefer the bitmex layout but really my trust has wavered 
big time with big time with big uh, bitmax so i don't short anymore and i'm basically looking to accumulate and buy low and that's it and um i don't think we're out of this like you know bitcoin's been in a bear market since december of 2017 me personally, I feel like unless we actually break, I think it's like 14,000, that's like major resistance. Like once we break that area, I feel like, okay, we can start getting bullish then. But until like, I don't just, I just don't see us making a higher high right now. I feel like every time we get to that area, I think like the next step is like getting to 10,400. And mm -hmm. once we flip that, then there's a possibility that we continue, could, could continue to gain momentum and continue to climb. But I just don't, I just don't see it happening. And I I'll post sometimes like wake me up when we get to 14,000. Yeah, exactly. I think, and I think, uh, the 10, five area is a big barrier to that, you know? Uh, yeah. Everyone thinks that the, uh, the, um, capitulation candle happened at three K this time, you know, you could look at it like that. Yeah. But, but, um, even in bull runs, there were hard corrections after the capitulation candle. That has yet to happen. And I would still expect that. And I mean, on the daily right now, you know, we've got three dojis basically the past three days, including today. Today's more like a hammer. Um, and the higher it climbs up now going into the close, the worse it's going to be. Right. Because I don't see it. I don't see it going above 9,700 really between now and the close. And that would form a hanging man on the daily after two dojis. I'm sorry, I just can't be bullish. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about candlestick trading. I'm not the best candlestick trader. Um, I kind of read, did a little bit of research about it, but the only candlestick pattern I know is like the, the doji that reverses. Um, so if I see that, I'm like, okay. But what, talk just a little bit about candlestick charting and why that's important to know as a trader. Um, well, you can find like tweezer bottoms, which are basically like double bottoms or double tops for tweezers or shooting stars, which is the inverted hammer at the top of an incline. Um, you know, usually that signals a reversal, especially if it closes red or a hanging man, which is the same type of is a hammer, but at the top of a, of a rise and you have them both at tops and bottoms and they are pretty strong reversal indicators. Um, I like those a lot. I really, I, I look at that and then I look at a lot of the tri-star pattern, which is the formation of three subsequent dojis with, with the center one being the higher or lower, depending on its location, either in a rise or decline. And I really try to stick to those and tweezers, which are double bottoms or double tops. Other than that, I do like patterns a lot. Um, and I like diamonds. I think that we're we're breaking out on the downside of a of a diamond top right now on the daily and that these three star or doji patterns that we're seeing in the daily today yesterday and the day before are are going to be probably the final step before a, a down move here towards 8000. Probably your go, What's hmm? your bottom call? I want to know. Uh, so what I'm seeing I think I think we're going to revisit the 8000 area or mid sevens and then try to make another attempt at 9,000 and have a rejection before we move down to the a range between five and 4,000. I'm not thinking that we're gonna see 3,000 again. I think that the four, the mid four range is gonna be where we land before we have a, a pickup of some HMAs on very, very high time frames that'll then lead to either an accumulation phase 
or we'll have a spring for a bull run. Um, I think a lot of what's going on in the world right now, people are factoring very peculiarly. People think that, oh, well, people have Bitcoin and it's just going to skyrocket. No. Um, mm -mm. I, think, I think people aren't realizing how dire and desperate people will be um, to sell assets. And assets mean everything. People are going to sell their goods, their jewelry, their boats, their cars, their other houses, their Bitcoin, anything. And, uh, you know, people expected help and for things to go back to normal. I think if anyone is thinking things are going to be going back to normal and using this N word, the normal word, like it's like uh, everything's going to be dandy. These people have to have, they need a lot more help than Bitcoin can, can do for them. So that's kind of like a sent a way to gauge sentiment, I guess, is kind of looking at like the outside sources and saying, Hey, this is happening. So I'm going to trade accordingly. So does that sentiment that you're feeling with the traditional market, are you carrying that over um, basing your trades off that with Bitcoin? Yes. Um, I think if people think the stock market is going to take off for another bull run. I think the only way that this happens is if, Corporations and the wealthy officially say we really don't care anymore about this talk about inequality okay. and wealth inequality. We just, we don't care anymore. We know you're all going to be poor. We have taken your 401ks hostage and they are coming along for whatever ride we're on in the stock market. Because if you have a 401k, you can't do anything if you're still employed by your employer. True. And once you're unemployed or no longer employed with that employer, it takes one to three months to, to be able to do anything with that money. So you're along for the ride. So if anyone's going to push it up, it's going to be the super wealthy and corporations doing buybacks. Buybacks are now really not looked at very nicely. But unless they just say to hell with, with the middle class, which is being degraded every day with this quarantine, and the poor, then that'll be that. Otherwise... Uh, this is just a retest of the highs on the stock market for everyone to sell higher. And I think 26K, once 26.5 is rejected on the stock market, I think we'll be entering a minimum 10-year-long depression. Oh, my goodness. So do you trade traditional assets or just cryptocurrency? Uh, yeah, I trade stocks and I've been venturing into options. Okay. Do you want to tell us about that journey and how, how you kind of um, transition from crypto to um, stocks and options? Well... I, I ventured into stocks because I no longer wanted to trade shit coins. I, I, I didn't you. want to have any of my money on any exchange. I use, I use Coinbase and I know that people hate Coinbase because of fees. But I mean, if I want to feel safe with my money, I think having my money on the largest exchange in the world for cryptocurrencies is the safest bet. Right. I agree. Um, I actually agree with you there. And the reason why I agree with you, and if anybody's watching this, it's going to get mad. You can get mad, but they do have like some sort of insurance policy. God forbid something happens with your money. They will like reimburse you up to a certain percent. And that makes me feel comfortable. But for a brand new person that's watching this, that is interested in getting started to trade, there are, you know, these platforms are centralized and that does kind of conflict with the ethos of what Bitcoin is because Bitcoin is a decentralized, essentially a decentralized product money. 
But um, also, too, you can't expect people to put their all their hard-earned life savings into a decentralized exchange and then have that exchange go to zero or like exit scam, and then people lose everything. So you you know that that risk is you, that is a risk that people and traders especially need to take into consideration. Everybody's like, not your keys, not your coins. But at the end of the day, if you're a trader, you have to you're essentially waiting for a move. And you need to have your coins there on that exchange because if you don't have them on the exchange, then you're going to miss that move and you're going to miss out of money. That could be your rent money or your mortgage or your car payment or whatever it is. So that's a, you know, that's another interesting topic. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, you know, everyone's always saying, you know, you have to move your money on and off an exchange, on and off an exchange. I've had money on Coinbase for a very long time, you know, and I feel secure with it there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people moving their money on and off an exchange, we're talking about people with hundreds of millions of dollars in Bitcoin that are making massive moves, taking it in and out of the market. If you're someone who is, and this isn't to denigrate anyone's account size or anything like that, you know, people work very hard. People are putting money away to be able to invest in, in something like this because they, they believe in it. They think it's going to provide them with something. But you're taking that hard-earned money, you're going back and forth in and out you, like you said, you will be missing moves. You'll be missing opportunities. You'll be buying tops because you're trying to get in on something and you're Mm -hmm. rushing to get in for all of these things. People, market makers, market makers are making the moves against you. You know, they're moving hundreds of millions of dollars in and out for a reason. And they're taking the hundreds of million dollars out to protect it. Um, But dancing around and playing with rinky dink exchanges, I have no interest in. So what, what, what um, exchanges are you using for traditional markets that you like? Um, well, I have Robinhood and I also, um, no, yes, I'm just using Robinhood right now. Um, okay. Actually, I'm sorry, I use Awanda as well for Forex. Okay, um, so you do Forex trading as well? Yeah, just a little bit. I, a little bit. I, um, I am watching... I've been in and on a long for the Euro dollar right now okay. uh, for quite a while. And I've been watching that for a, a massive move on the upside. Um, other than that, I have no interest in other Forex markets. So with um, wh- what's the big difference between trading traditional markets and trading crypto that you think? Time. Okay. Time. It's like a, a move in crypto will take like, you know, a, a one-day move in crypto will take like weeks in the stock market. So you really have to search for setups in the stock market um, on somewhat higher time frames if you're looking for a big move. Uh, I do like swing trading, um, and I prefer it for stocks. I don't like scalping stocks; there's too much going on. I don't like the candle setup, and I, I don't. I use I prefer candles over a line chart, mm-hmm. um, but. It's really about setups and really, really taking the time to study everything. Whereas like you can look at a crypto chart on a lower time frame and see the patterns and see how it's, how the price action is moving and use indicators and, and trade relatively well. Um, that would take a long time on a stock. Um, and in, like you're saying, unless you have a large amount of money on a, uh, a stock, exchange app or something like that, you really are limited to less than five day trades a week. Um, So you really can't, you really can't play around like that too much. Um, But there's more risk with crypto, correct? There's definitely more (laughs) risk with crypto. There's the moment you buy it, you've put everything at risk. 
Um, I, I definitely agree with you there. So what, what are some of your, like, what are your, some of your best strengths? Let's talk about that a little bit. I'm kind of curious to hear. God. I think some of my, my best trades came during the scalping days at crypto world news in the very beginning. Um, also I, I was short at 10 K when everyone, everyone was long and short at 6 K, um, in the summer of 2018. And, uh, the most I was able, the most I made in one single trade was six Bitcoin. And it was during that time. Oh, wow. Um, other than that, I was scalping, I was scalping from basically December of 18 through January, that whole range. Mm -hmm. And I did expect a down move from, uh, the February when we popped up and we continued to rise. So I really, I made a lot of money in that range right there Okay. during 18, 28. Um, I did not, I wasn't a very firm believer in the up move from, uh, from 4,000 to 7,000 really. So I really didn't play any of that range. Um, and then 14 K I was short. Well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was probably the time when I was posting charts about it and I received the most ire and continued hatred from most people because of that. Yeah, people, crypto Twitter does not like bearish charts. I actually do post a lot of bearish calls because I feel like I've been trading in a bear market for like God knows how long, but I post what I see. I'm not going to post some bullish chart to yeah. appease my followers or to appease anybody if I'm not trading that because that would, to me, that's not ethical. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I post what I trade or what I'm seeing in the market. Um, but let's talk, what, do you have like a special edge or like a secret that you want to share with the audience, like to maybe help them or inspire them or be like, or, you know, maybe they should look into this. Well, would it be much of a secret? Okay. What, what's your, what's your edge? <laughs> the edge, I think really uh, one of the things that differentiates me from a lot of people is the fact that I'm able to separate myself from the money. Okay. Because, because uh, I'm, financially blessed to have all of the things that I need paid for. I don't have to worry about any of those things. I don't have children, I'm not married or anything like that. I don't have a mortgage. So I don't have a lot of these things that are basically pressuring people to advance everything and have to make more and drive and, and have things that they have to have responsibility for. So if they take a, they take a loss, Oh no, wait, you know, I have to think about this. Then what am I going to do? I just had a loss. Uh, I have to rethink this my bills, my family, why am I doing this? I'm able to separate, separate from that. And when you have highs, you know, you collect your profit and you put them in the account and that's where they go. So I don't have the pressure of this. I need to see a Bitcoin all time high and get rich and have Lambos and all these things because, because that's what I'm here for. And I need to get rich quick on this next move. I don't have any of that. Are you going to so, buy a Lambo when we get to all-time high? No. I wouldn't Never. Either. Never. I think Actually, it's a bad investment. Cars are a bad investment mm -hmm. unless you own a Jeep. And I already own Jeep. So I have a Jeep and I have another car and they're both paid for. And I will never buy a brand new car again unless it's a Tesla. Okay. Do you pay so for I'm, cash in your cars or do you, or you make payments? No, everything. They're both paid for. 
fully yeah. paid for. I'm the same way with that too. I feel like that's like a very good investment is that if you are going to buy a car, if you don't have enough to pay for it in cash, then you should probably buy something that's less expensive because you don't, you're essentially paying somebody interest to, for something and it's not yours until you exactly. pay that off. So before we get going, I've got two more things. Well, the first one is, um, what advice do you have to brand new people? What would you want to look back and tell Junior in 2017 when you first started trading? What advice would you give or where would you start? I would just slap the phone right out of my hand, buying, buying what my friend told me to buy when he told me to buy it. And I would have studied first because it was the first time I ever... I ever got involved in something without doing research. And by research, I mean like hours and hours and hours of research. I would always study everything that I was getting myself into, everything I was interested. I would want to learn every single thing about it. And I didn't do that with trading. I just jumped in head first. And I mean, just like everyone else, I made a lot in the beginning going along for the ride, you know, but I had a lot of lessons that came to me afterwards. And just a little bit of effort and studying and learning um, would have paid off. And that means obviously not going on crypto Twitter and finding big accounts and, and saying target please. And you know, where do you see this going? It means actually going out and learning and right. studying and taking notes and, as much as everyone can hate it, paper trading probably. I, uh, you know, I'm glad that you said that because I'm actually a firm believer in paper trading. I was doing that a lot. I was taking like small trades when I first started, but I did a lot of paper trading. I used to chart Bitcoin like every single day. And the reason why I did that is because the market is the crypto, the altcoin market is essentially correlated with Bitcoin. So if Bitcoin's going to do something, then alts are going to either follow or they're going to do the reverse. So what I did is I just charted Bitcoin like every day. I did a lot of yeah. paper trades just to kind of get a feel for it because if you're, to me personally, if you're just putting money in and you have no idea what you're doing, then that's a, that's a risk. That's another risk on top of the risk that you, uh, the, the already prevalent risks that are, that are there with trading. So that's, I, I'm glad that you said that. I appreciate, I appreciate that. Yeah. That, and like you said, charting every day, chart as much as possible. You know, it's, it literally is practice. Every, every single chart, every look at, every time you look at it and on multiple timeframes, mm -hmm. you know, chart on every single time frame you can. I have, I have, uh, favorited up to 12 months. I have 12 months, 90 days, 60 days, 15 days, three days. Like you need to, to really be, see the big picture and the little picture at the same time. Um, I agree. Yeah. All right. So before we get going, um, do you have anything that you want to, anything else that you want to add or tell the audience or anything you want to show? <laughs> I shill nothing. Um, except I guess my discord, but there's no access allowed really. Okay. So um, if somebody wants access panic, to your discord, panic what do they room, do? they can, um, they can tweet panic room, LOLs, uh, account for access to the discord and you can follow me on my Twitter, which is junior Lancaster junior with a zero. Um, and you can send me tons of hate tweets and all that and tell no. me all this good stuff that you love. And um, other than that, um, I don't really have much to show, you know? Okay. Uh, sh yes. Please check out the O show. Wendy O the best <laughs> show in Thank the world. You. Thank you. The best. Well, before we get going, I just want to say I appreciate you coming on and spending time to kind of educate people and kind of talk about, you know, different things that you went through, what works for you, what doesn't work for you. I think it's important for people to kind of hear the stories of other successful traders like yourself and, you know, 
decide if that's what they want to do with their lives. Because a lot of people, they see trading and they're like, oh my God, I'm going to get rich quick. But that's not the case. You spend a lot of time charting and learning and you're putting your financial assets on the line. And it's a, it's a big deal. So again, thank you so much. And I, if you guys are interested in joining Junior's Discord or following him on Twitter, seeing some of his charts, I will have the links down below. So thank you so much, Junior. Have a good day. Thank you, Wendy.